Thank you, Chancellor. Uh, thank you, Professor Morley, Acting Vice-Chancellor. And just a huge welcome to all of you. Uh, some of you know me, I know, and some of you may not know me because uh, I've been dean now for five and a half years. But if you were studying at the university before then, you may not have come across me. But a very, very warm welcome to every single alumni here. Um, the success that we are enjoying, the investment that is being made in us as a school is a result of the partnership between faculty, employers, uh, and students from this school. Uh, the reason we're so highly ranked at the moment, first for accounting and finance, first for marketing, I think for the last three or four years, third for management and business studies, fourth in the UK for our MBA, is because of the quality of the students that we attract, the strength of the partnerships that we have with uh, employers, uh, and also our wonderful faculty. Um, I will mention a few of our faculty here. We have Sarah Glozer. Uh, I think we have Sarah Glozer. Here we are. Sarah Glozer is one of the leaders around our Research for Good campaign, which showcases uh, the way that management research actually delivers social and educational impact within the communities beyond business. So do talk to Sarah about that. We have our Deputy Dean here, Brian Squire. Uh, where is Brian? Here he is. Uh, he has revealed himself, actually, he would rather have been an architect, I think, than a professor of operations. He would have been brilliant, brilliant in either of them. But if you have any questions about the building, please do ask Brian. He's been intimately involved. And we have two of our associate deans here, uh, Pete who has been in charge of postgraduate MSCs. Pete, where are you? Tallest man in the room normally. And Philip Cooper, the man with the beard and a pipe usually, but often not here, uh, who is in charge of our undergraduates. And we also have Shwani, who is a mainstay of the school, but I can't see where she is. Oh, she's at the back. Uh, and also Don Lancaster, who's just very recently um, joined the school. Now, uh, you may not be aware, but the Acting Vice-Chancellor and I share a common characteristic, which uh, we... <laughs> yes, I know it's a shock, Bernie, but we share a common characteristic. And we are the youngest children in our families by a very, very long way. Uh, we have a lot of rather much older siblings. And as a result of which, uh, if you're the youngest in a family, you're often subjected by your older siblings uh, to uh, jokes, uh, tongue twisters, being made to recite things uh, that then make the rest of the family actually um, dissolve into laughter. And today, with today's topic, I feel as though I have a little groundhog day of going back to my childhood. Because today's topic is digitization, digitalization, and digital transformation. Uh, I'll say that again. <laughs> digitization, digitalization, and digital transformation. Now, I am a professor of uh, strategic change and transformation, so the transformation bit I'm okay on. I'm not an expert in digital, and I'm extremely pleased, and I sh think you should all be reassured, uh, that we do have a digital uh, expert here. And um, I'm going to welcome to the lectern, not to the stage, but to the lectern, uh, Nick Hines. 
Nick graduated with an executive MBA from the School of Management in 1991. And since then, he really has gone on to achieve great things. Most recently, Nick has established some of the most, most remember there's, there's a plural here, successful fast growth digital companies of the last two decades. And in recognition of his contribution to the digital industry, he has recently been named as one of the top 20 most influential and inspirational Britons when he was inducted into the BIMA Digital Hall of Fame. Nick's current venture is Somo Global, a digital products and experiences accelerator, which he co-founded with Carl Uminski in 2009, and which has aided and amplified the digital offerings of a variety of companies from Audi to HSBC to LVMH. Nick, we're delighted to welcome you here. We prepare to be educated or at least I prepare to be educated. Everybody else is probably an expert in this area. Um, but please do uh, join us at the lectern. Um, and uh, I'm going to pose a series of questions to Nick on behalf of our assembled audience here. So, tongue twisters are us. Here we go. <coughs> so at a very basic level, Nick, just tell us all what are the key differences between digitization, digitalization, and digital transformation? Well, thank you, uh, your deanness. Um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Um, I hope you're all feeling very comfortable because it shouldn't take more than two or three hours. <laughs> um, so digitization, I mean, some of these words uh, are sort of overused. I think they're designed to confuse people, but. Let's, talk, let's quickly canter through the fundamentals of, of that Please. key question. So digitization is very straightforward. It's a process by which we do things offline and we bring them online. Uh, a good example of this is uh, Virgin Money's um, uh, online account. It's a great institution, Virgin Money. Um, what you do is you fill in the form online. I suspect it's an exact copy of the form you used to fill in offline. Um, and then you have to take a copy of your uh, residency um, or the information about you and put it in the post and send it off in the post and it comes back to you. That's a classic offline type of process, uh, which is now online, but it's just a form online. Then when it comes to digitalization, it's where we take some of the more f uh, useful features of an online experience. And a classic example here is mobile banking. So uh, if anybody's using a mobile banking app, I think a lot of people are these days, then you'll be familiar. It's exactly the same process, exactly the same transaction as you used to do uh, with a banking teller in a banking hall, um, moving money around, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's a lot easier to do that with, a, with an app, and hopefully the experience is less painful. But it's exactly the same process, just in an online context. Digital transformation is when it gets really interesting, and this is the kind of stuff that uh, you know, we do as an organization, but mo most importantly, that the reason why we're there doing it is to do this kind of stuff. So digital transformation, in essence, splits into two components. Uh, more Ds, I'm afraid. Uh, digital innovation and digital reinvention. 
And digital innovation is where the customer comes first. Now, there's two previous examples. Those organizations are doing that digitization and digitalization to reduce costs, to make it more efficient, to improve margins. Digital innovation is where actually people look beyond cost saving and start to look at how can we make this whole thing work better? How can we make the whole experience of dealing with my company or my organization uh, to consume the product or service that we're offering, how can, we, how can we do this in a really new and exciting way that's better for customers? So I, I would say roughly half the audience here is um, probably a millennial sort of age group, and roughly half of you haven't. Uh, so <laughs> let's just test that. So uh, who has a Monzo or Revolut account? Please put your hand up. All the young folks. <laughs> and His Royal Highness, of course. <laughs> um, so yes, of course you do. Because you have a Monzo Revolut because it fundamentally was built from the ground up for a millennial age segmentation of, of, uh, of the world. It's a banking product. Uh, Monzo is about uh, current account banking. Revolut is about uh, foreign uh, exchange transactions. But the whole process, the whole uh, digital experience is designed from absolute first line of code to make it a really interesting, a really easy, a really pleasant experience. So typically with that Virgin Money account, it's virtually impossible to get an account up and running within 12 days. On Monzo, uh, they are absolutely decimated if it takes more than three days, and 90% of the whole process can be done in about half an hour. It's just on a different level of transformation. But the really exciting stuff is the digital reinvention. Now, this is the stuff that I first, frankly, learned about when I was doing my uh, uh, MBA. It's about creating new marketplaces, not about you know, gaining a better uh, proportion of the segment of, of the market trying to attack, which is uh, current account banking with Monzo, but actually to look at creating a new market space. <coughs> that market space stuff is things like Zipcar. A Zipcar is fundamentally transforming the way in which car ownership works. Instead of having to go out and buy a car, maintain it, park it somewhere, insure it, keep it running with oil and, and, and uh, so to say, oil and gas, sorry, oil and petrol, <laughs> UK here. Um, so all that rubbish that you have to get weighed down with and the economic burden, Zipcar does it all for you for about £9 an hour, whenever you want it, but only when you want it, pay as you go. It's a fundamental reapproach, and the reason it works is it's entirely digital soup to nuts. The whole process, the car itself, the keys, everything about it is digital. Um, another good example of that is uh, Yolt, which is uh, from ING, which is the Dutch version of Gyro Bank. Who would have believed this? But uh, uh, Yolt uh, aggregates all of your current account information, all of your credit cards from whatever bank, all through the open banking interfaces we now have, into one aggregated account. So fantastic for anybody who's got multiple uh, financial transactions going on. But most importantly of all, that is a product which gives uh, Yolt i.e. ING, a completely new perspective on all aspects of their customers' uh, transactions. 
Um, and that's a, another good example of market space. So digital reinvention, that's the really exciting new stuff. Digital innovation, that's really improving your experience as customers. Digitalization, which is improving your experience compared to what a, 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 an offline experience would be. And then digitization, which is just cut and paste, cut and paste online. Does that answer your question? <laughs> Close, and there'll be an exam paper distributed exactly. very shortly. So, so what Don't you're saying? Fail me again. <laughs> so, what you're saying is becoming digital is a totally different exercise from digitization, and the key difference is actually the extent to which you use it to transform a business. Yes, um, and. Nick has shared in this view George Westerman, who's an MIT academic, writing in Sloan Management Review earlier this year, said, when it comes to digital transformation, digital is not the answer, but transformation is. So there's still some job for a professor of transformation to be engaged in. Okay. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> I'm safe. I'm just, I may not be a millennial, but I'm safe. Well, that's excellent. So... Performance uplift is going to come from transformation. I mean, any contrary views on that or...? No, I think, if, in essence, it's 100% correct. What we're talking about here is change, fundamentally. And what's happening with digital-derived change is it's a turbo. It's, 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 it's kerosene in, in a rocket fuel engine. What digital is doing is forcing, because the pace of change in our society and the way in which organisations operate... Uh, and the way in which new, new organizations are, are disrupting the existing marketplace, um, that, is, that pace is, is dealt with and harnessed by the process of transformation within organizations. And when people say to me, what do I need to have to make this uh, digital transformation work? Yes, you need to be very, very clear that pace is a fundamental of any organization, whatever you do, You've got to have uh, an ability to deliver uh, digital products and services at tremendous pace, talking about weeks and months. Um, the second thing is you need to have the right skills. And getting those skills together, harnessing them, bringing them in, and organizing them correctly is absolutely critical. But by far and away, the most important thing is having that leadership and having the leadership of the organization from the sea level that really, really understands that whatever the status quo is, they're going to have to change. And that's going to be a very uncomfortable process. It generally is when people go through change. Um, and the digital component is just the enabler of that change itself. And unless you understand how organizations work and how those organizations can be changed, you won't get anywhere with your fancy digital products. So you're okay. Thank you. Come back next that, that's, that's reassuring. And I guess that you yourself have gone on quite a journey of transformation during your career. It's 27 years, over 27 years, since you graduated from the school with the Exec MBA. And indeed, Nick, you must have been one of the first Exec MBAs to actually graduate from the school. I can't remember exactly when it started, but it would have been um, close to that time. So... To finish, I mean, how has the education that you received in the School of Management helped you with your career as an entrepreneur, as a successful leader? Back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. <laughs> 27 years ago. I'm not a millennial. Um, I, 
every that MBA is 27 years old, but every single day I'm still using components of it. I chose the University of Bath's MBA at the time. There was always exciting things going on at LBS and City and Cranfield and, and Henley and other places. Lots of different options. It was a big decision to go to Bath, um, but I was particularly attracted to it because I was, a, at the time, I was a manager. I was a manager in British Airways, um, and I really loved being a manager, and I wanted to be a better manager. And that's why I chose University of Bath. Digital and all this stuff was way down the track. So I chose to go there. And basically, the success I've achieved through the massive pace of change of the internet industry and the digitalization of our whole world has been fundamentally uh, supported and guided the methodologies I learned about being a great manager at University of Bath, particularly around uh, people development, which is fundamental to what we do. I, I have 150 folks here in London. Everyone can get another job in 15 minutes. They get probably literally three or four phone calls a day with great new opportunities. They choose to stay because the environment we've created, the culture we've created, the values-driven culture we have, the, the development programs we have. Um, so that's a really important fundamental for them as individ individuals. The second component I learned was all about organizational design. And uh, that, that Minsberg lecture I once went to, it was absolutely magical. And I sat there and like, light bulbs went off in my head. And, <laughs> and they still do That's today. You know, I run my whole business, and it's reasonably successful, based around those Minsberg uh, theories. You know, we are, we're pretty much running small adhocracies, and we're dealing with massive change in machine bureaucracies and professional bureaucracies every day. And it's, it's addressing that gulf in organizational design, which enables us to be so successful. And all of that was new to me in Bath. Uh, I'm still learning every day, uh, and uh, I'm proud to do so. The final point, which is at the time seemed really weird to me when um, I, I graduated, the whole final speech was about reflection. Everything isn't just is. Everything is there for a particular reason, for a legacy, from, from uh, other people's uh, experiences. Everything you face, every challenge, every opportunity is because of some other previous action. And so reflect on that, understand that, and then understand and be brave with how you can change that current state to be a better place than it is today. And uh, that's all down to your guys. Thank you. Thank you. Nick, thank you so much. Um, and I think what Nick's talked about is the importance of legacy, of understanding the past. And I am completely aware that I have the privilege of leading a school that's 51 years old, um, and it's a great legacy that I've inherited. We are, as uh, the Chancellor said, going on to even greater things. And I hope somebody seamlessly at this moment is going to put the slides up. <laughs> to an, oh, artist, wow. an architect's impression of the new <clears throat> School of Management. Uh, the new School of Management will emphasize this partnership between employers, faculty, and students, and alumni as well. Uh, it's designed by Hopkins, who designed the Olympic Velodrome and Portcullis House, not far from here. And we do hope you will come and visit the very large hole in the ground uh, that is currently there instead of this. It's opposite the sports training village. It will be the first building you see when you come into uh, the university. 
please talk to us about placements, engaging with our students. We have two wonderful senior managers here uh, from Santander. We have people from Day-Lewis. Rupa, where are you? Uh, and Tim. Uh, we have Larry from uh, Nationwide. You're all wonderful partners with us. Uh, but most of all, thank you very much for coming tonight. I hope you enjoy us yourself. Uh, and the future is definitely bright. Thank you to the Chancellor, thank you to Bernie, Acting Vice-Chancellor, and to Nick Hines. Thank you. Thank you.